0: Good to be here. We are, I am happy to hear uh, from the Joneses letter. I have a story to tell, a little one about that. So Sunday night, Abby was without a seat, and uh, Mrs. Jones invited her to sit with her. And she did not know who she was. And I later on, my little five-year-old Lucy comes up and says, Dad, did you know that Abby's sit next to a missionary? Now, that that should be our spirit for... For our missionaries that we support. We should honor them and praise them like that. How exciting she was that her sister sat next to a real-life missionary. <laughs> so we praise the Lord for that. So. And uh, also, as I've met many of you, and I've only been here, my family, since uh, October, I believe. And so we've been members here only a couple months. And I do want to give a little testimony the encouragement we found here. And that this has been a big answer to prayer in our family is to be in a place like this. We prayed specifically for a place that we could belong to where God was working. And I think every Sunday on our way home in a car, we look at each other and say, God's working there. There's no denying the fact that God's working here. And we're very thankful for the reception that we've received here. And I was telling the guys here during prayer time that this is our church family, and we're really thankful for that. And so, uh, I'm going to talk tonight about Matthew chapter five, verse six. So, if you want to get open there, part of this is Wednesday night service. I think is the most important service. One of them; uh, they're all important. But I think this—I'm going to be talking a lot about hungering and a lot about thirsting. And I don't know about you, but being in here Wednesday night is a very blessed time for me, as I have a job in the world. And this is a place I can come because I'm hungry. I always say at, at dinner time I'm hungry because I haven't eaten since lunch, and so on Wednesday I haven't eaten since Sunday. And so it's really important to come here and pray with God's people, right? And so I want to encourage you to continue come on Wednesday, and I my prayer is that this place be packed plumb full like it is on Sunday. And so uh, again, Matthew five verse six. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Is tonight is what are you hungry for tonight? What are you, what are you longing for? For what are, you, what are you striving for? How can we be blessed people of God? How can we be truly happy? And are you truly happy? These are some questions that we're going to consider tonight in Matthew chapter 5. And as many of you know, Matthew chapter 5 is the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, and we've been studying this at my house, and this thought has really been sticking with me, so I thought I would share it tonight. I love how practical the teaching is on this Sermon on the Mount, how Jesus really lays down a real practical way for us believers to read this and really know how to live the Christian life, and what he expects, and how it looks, and if you really study it and you look at the order of what Christ says in that, as being broken of a contrite heart, mourning And all these things. I think if it was any more complicated, people like me could understand it, right? And I need it simple. I need a practical. And now we'll be talking about righteousness and holiness. And how those things go hand in hand with happiness and satisfaction. I'm talking about having a desire for personal righteousness. About having evidence of your salvation, the way you live your life. That we're a set-apart people. And that should evidence itself in our lives. How you can't be truly happy and be living in sin. That blessedness cannot exist apart from righteousness. So much like a a palm tree can't grow in South Dakota. (laughs) Right? It can't. So... The the blessedness cannot exist apart from righteousness. They have to be together. You can't separate them. Happiness of a man must come through his righteousness. Through his being right with God. So let's look at Matthew 5. We're just going to focus on verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. So having not attained full righteousness in this life, perfection. I want you to get this. This is going to be my main point here in this text. Our text says that since we, haven't, we, we can't attain full righteousness, this text says that the longing for it, the longing for that, the longing for righteousness is what makes people blessed. Now, when you talk about blessed... What does that mean? Well, it means to be happy. Now, this day and age, I think happiness has taken a bit of a different meaning, right? It's like as though I'm happy I got a donut for breakfast this morning. This isn't the kind of happiness I'm talking about. I'm talking about a a real happiness in the fullest sense of the word. I'm talking about like the the Garden of Eden kind of happiness, real, true happiness. Mm -hmm. The The real stuff. And so I got three points. The first one's gonna be the striving, second point, the substance, and the third one the satisfaction. So what are, we, what are we striving for? And what what does that substance of that look like and the satisfaction we find therein? So the first point is striving. This is the hunger and the thirst. It says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So this is the hungering and the thirsting. And we have to have this kind of mindset when we read this text, like Job, Job 23, 12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. As stated before, this Sermon on the Mount is so practical, but I think verse 6 is the pinnacle and the pivot point when we read through those beatitudes of those eight things. Because it talks about being of a... uh, Broken heart. so it says the poor in spirit, they that mourn, the meek, right? That gives us the right sense of where we're supposed to be spiritually, so it's going to generate hunger and thirst in us after righteousness. And then that's when we become peacemakers. That's when we can have mercy. That's when we can carry out the rest of those things. So it kind of pivots on this hunger and thirst. It's a very interesting study, and I encourage you to, to go read the whole thing. Now, hunger is a very powerful thing, isn't it? very powerful. And it can, it can control a man, right? <laughs> thirst is a powerful thing, isn't it? Now, Jesus uses the two together to prove a point that, that this hunger and thirst must be powerful. Now, I have three kids, and I hear all the time, I'm hungry. Right. We just ate dinner, right. right? You say, oh, you're hungry, are you? Yeah. Well, here, here's some carrots, no. no, they're not hungry, right? I'm talking about real hunger. I'm talking about the, the hunger that someone's whole being is fighting to fulfill the need. somebody somebody's actually hungry, who's got pain in their stomach, who's striving after it with their whole life, do you see what I'm saying spiritually? That's the kind of hunger I'm talking about. So a hungry man, this is going to be a profound thought for you, a hungry man strives for food and a thirsty man for drink, right? So if a man's really hungry, you can't sing to him a nice song and fulfill his need. (laughs) Oh, it'd be the most beautiful song like Brother Brock on the piano. It's not going to satisfy his hunger need. You can give him a painting. If the painting's priceless, it's not going to satisfy the hunger need. What does the hungry man need? He needs food. Food. He needs food. He needs this uh, one object that we're hungering and thirsting after, and it's righteousness. That's what's going to fulfill us. You see? Empty things of the world, they're not going to fulfill you. Money, possessions, popularity, all these things, they will not fulfill you. Because that's not what you're hungering after. Now let's keep your finger here. Let's go to Isaiah 55 in verse 1. And we can see the one object to which we're striving toward. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come. Ye buy and eat. Ye come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Where do you spend money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat thee that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now look at Matthew 5, 6 again. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now this is talking about righteousness to hunger and thirst after, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the perfect righteousness of God. And it's also talking about the righteousness for our daily living, our doing right, our being right with God. It's very broad, and we're to be striving after all these things. We're living, like I said, the unattainable, perfect life. Now, a man's desire is to be right with God, right? That's our desire, is to be right with God. But we aren't. Apart from Christ, we're not right with God. In our sin, we're not right with God. We're separated from God in our sin. Sin separates us from God. But thanks be to God that Christ justifies us and pardons us, our sin, right? That Jesus bled and He died on a cross for our sin. So that those who believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We're pardoned. We're justified in Him. Now, this justified, pardoned man should desire in his conduct, in his language and thought, to be righteous. He strives to be righteous with his whole life. Not just part of it. Not just the part that goes to church on Sunday. Not just the part that's when other people are looking or when you're supposed to be being right and performing, but I'm talking about your whole life when you're alone. Amen. I'm talking about when it's just you and your family and your kids are in the car and, <laughs> and they're fighting and it's hard. And there ain't no one else watching. Ephesians 4.24 says, Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. And true holiness. That's what we hunger after. Now, we can see uh, if you can consider somebody maybe who's in prison or in jail, who maybe is in there for theft, and they're probably upset that they are in jail, that they've been caught. Now, many of them, well, and, and maybe it's not just somebody in jail, it's us too. We've done something wrong and we've been caught and we're sorry because of that. So the guy in jail is going to get out, and he's going to go do the same thing, right? Just like if you're not truly sorry and you're not truly repentant, you're just going to go and do the same thing, and hopefully you don't get caught next time. But the pardoned sinner, someone who's justified in Christ, loses the desire to steal, right? Instead, he chooses to glorify God with his life. You see the difference there? The desire goes away. That's righteousness. That's what we're striving after. Charles Spurgeon said this, always distinguish between seeking heaven and seeking God, between shunning hell and shunning sin. For any hypocrite will desire heaven and dread hell, but only the sincere hunger after righteousness. Right? That's that's what we're hungering for. So hunger is the opposite of content, right? If, if hunger is the opposite of content, we need to not be content with our current spiritual life, right? We, we need to be seeking more. We don't need to stay where we're at as Christians. We must grow. Listen to me. We don't need more Christians who are trying to see how much sin they can get away with and still go to heaven. We need, we need Christians who are following Christ. We need to raise our children to follow Christ. We don't need to raise them to be good people. We don't need more good people. We need people that are following after Christ and hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Amen. That's what we need. Some say, I'm good where I am. And they've lost their hunger. There's a huge lack of hunger and thirst in Christianity today. And I praise God for this place that I don't see that here. I see a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, and I pray that we can continue to encourage each other in that direction. But we don't look at other people. It's really easy to look at other people and say, you're doing wrong, or you're not living your life properly. Just remember that we can fall into the same behavior And I don't care who you are. I don't care how righteous you are. We are in danger. We're no better than anyone else or less prone to this same thing. Only Christ keeps us from this. So we must hunger for it. Desire spiritual growth. Because if we really think about it, we're all hungering and striving after something. Right? Every man has a God right? So let's hunger and thirst after what satisfies. We're empty, and we need filling. But filling for what? And now, let's talk about the substance, the meat and the drink, so to speak. Now, when I think of substance, I have in my mind a bologna sandwich. I wish you could see my wife's face, because bologna freaks her out. She makes the sandwich, and it's like, you just need to wash your hands afterward, right? So maybe you're not thinking bologna, maybe steak, right? Something real satisfying, and maybe some of you are vegetarians in here, and maybe like a cucumber, something. <laughs> Whatever, you know. That's if that if that's what is you know. But but the substance is not those are food. So the substance we're talking about is righteousness. Now Romans five one and five says therefore. Being justified... Oh, try to say this verse without singing it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Matthew Henry says this, To have Christ made of God to us righteousness, and to be made the righteousness of God in Him, to have the whole man renewed in righteousness so as to become a new man and to bear the image of God, to have an interest in Christ and to the promise, this is righteousness. This we must hunger and thirst after. Is to bear the image of Christ with our life. We must hunger for that kind of substance. We need the right object, though, That's why we have to focus on righteousness. That's why we consider uh, holiness in these things. Because we can have the wrong focus. In uh, the disobedient uh, nation of Israel here, in Amos 2.7, they have the wrong focus. Amos 2.7 says, They pant after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father were going to the same maid to profane my holy name. They got the wrong object. They're panning after dust. Now, let's not pan after dust. Now, I want you to imagine this as being blessed by hungering and thirsting. That is some kind of paradox, right? And I think unless your eyes have been opened to the or you've been revealed, and, and your spiritual eyes open, this won't make any sense. How could you be blessed in hunger and thirst? Right, Hunger and thirst cause pain, right? But, but you read this verse, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Jesus is saying that in the hunger and the thirst we're blessed. So are we blessed with righteousness or the hungering for it? Now, I'm not sure where everyone is currently in here. I know you're in this building, but there's a lot of people in here, which is going to mean there's a lot of different seasons of life. I see young people. I see older people. I see everything in between. I see families. I see a lot of different circumstances and a lot of different lives trials abounding, I'm sure. So I'm just going to talk on a couple things, and we could go all night on this, but i got a few things that we can talk about. Anyone ever say that I'm a terrible, sinful person? That you look at your life, and you know that you're not right with God. And you know that you're, you're wicked, and, the, and your tendencies are sinful, and you just wish you could be forgiven. You just you just wish your hope is to be made right with God, or maybe you are in here tonight and you have a family member who's unsaved. We just heard of a, a gentleman being prayed for for twenty years. That's the hunger I'm talking about. We have loved ones, we have friends, we know people who are unsaved. They're on their way to hell. And the longing for their salvation can be crippling. It could affect you spiritually, really can have an effect on you. And there's, and there's such longing for their soul. Some people may be saying, The Lord has been gracious to me. You sit in here redeemed. But our tendency is to stray. You're saying, my ten- I, I'm so bent towards straying, and I keep falling into the same sin. I keep coming out of the rut, so to speak, but, but, but I'm so prone to it. I just fall back into it over and over again. I feel like God's tired of me for keep coming back over and over and over again for the same thing. But you long to have victory. Oh, if I could just be made perfect. If I could just be good enough. Listen to me. These are all blessed. These people with these, this mindset, these are the blessed people, according to Jesus here, because of the hunger and the thirst after righteousness, it says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. The struggle is real, isn't it? I mean, look at, let's look at Romans 7, 24. It says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? We're blessed in the hunger and the thirst after righteousness. We're blessed in the yearning for righteousness. Now, the person who's in here and they think you think that maybe you've arrived—that I'm perfect, self-satisfied—I don't see you mentioned in this text. I don't see it in there. Jesus, Jesus, this plain out doesn't mention you here. So where does this substance come from? Where does this righteousness come from? Ourselves? No, it can't come from ourselves. Right? Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The deception is thinking righteousness is from ourselves. That's the wrong direction. That would be like panting after the dust. You're going the wrong way. Back to the hungry man. Let's talk about a hungry man. He comes to you and says, I am hungry. And you say, oh, no, you're not hungry. What you need is just more of yourself. You need yourself to fulfill your hunger. That doesn't even make sense, right? He's going to say, you just really need to satisfy your hunger with yourself. What's he going to say? He's going say, no, I don't need to satisfy hunger with myself. I need food. I need someone to give me some food. I need an outside source of food. Do you see what I'm saying here? He can't eat himself to fulfill his hunger. That doesn't work. It can't work. It's not going to be satisfied within ourselves. We cannot be satisfied within ourselves, as many think. Because the Bible says that our righteousness is as what? Filthy rags we have no righteousness the bible says there's no none good no not one we cannot get this satisfaction or this substance we can't get righteousness from ourselves we must be saved from above by divine grace or we remain unrighteous spiritual hunger is the remedy for this kind of pride spiritual hunger Now, when we talk about spiritual hunger, I can't help but to think of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we must follow the example of Him, our Master. He's in constant hunger and thirst to be doing the will of the Father. He says, not my will, but thine. He says, I come to do my Father's will. It wasn't about Him, it was about His Father and the will of Him. And as a constant hunger and thirst. He longed for the redemption of his people. And he still does. Amen. Amen. That righteousness would reign in his death. That's what he's hungering after. And we're so blessed here. Listen, we're so blessed. Even in our desperation. Even in our struggles. Now I encourage you to grasp this. Because we all struggle. We're all desperate. We all reach a point of desperation, and that's where God works. In our weakness, God's strength is where it shines through, right? Yeah, that's, right. that's where His strength is made perfect, in our weakness. And that's where we, we, we're blessed, in that. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You've got to grasp this. I think if we could grasp this, we could really surrender ourselves more to Him and be more like Him. To realize in our imperfection, we're blessed, we're happy. Because why? We're, because it says here, they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness are blessed. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Again, to the perfect people that are already full, you're not here, you're not in the text, you're not hungering and thirsting. We must long and hunger for something that satisfies in this life and in the one to come. So we're blessed in the, in the substance of the hunger and the thirst. Now I'm going to talk about the satisfaction. And I think this is the best part. Right? Let's look at verse 6 again. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. So we're blessed in the hunger and thirst. Right? And we're blessed in being filled. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There's a lot of blessing. The Lord has a lot of blessing for each and every one in here. He has plenty to go around. Now, listen to this. In the fulfilling, right? In the fulfilling, it says, For they shall be filled. In the fulfilling is found more hunger and thirst. Another paradox. To somebody in the world, that makes no sense. That is a foolish sentence. In the fulfilling is found more hunger and thirst. Now, unless you've been enlightened and you've seen the the text, that should make pretty good sense to you, and I can make it make sense here, because the difference in hungering after being filled is the lack of the bitterness involved in it. There's no negativity tied to it, you see, because you're filled. The man that hungers and thirsts after righteousness is most full. You see that? We get involved in a real glorious cycle here, right? And it all has to do with growing because we first hunger and thirst and then we are filled. And in, in that filling, we're, we're hungering and thirsting for more. You see that? Amen. Psalm 34, 8 through 11 says, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye His saints... For there is no want to them that fear him. The the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Our new craving is for heavenly things. We crave heavenly things. We crave the things of God. And we desire more and more. Less and less of us, and more and more of Him. And we're satisfied in the perfect righteousness of God. Now, if you look, take a look around you, you can see that the world around us is in trouble. It's evident. And nothing's really changed, I guess. It's, <laughs> the world's always kind of in trouble, but... There's those we see directly, they feeding the lust of their own flesh, right? They're, they're striving after the wrong things. A lot of people have a lot of zeal for the wrong thing. And they're doing it in the wrong place. Now listen to me, that our God, in His righteousness, will not fail. Our God will not fail. The God of the Bible will not fail. Because of the perfect righteousness, His perfect righteousness, we're made whole. Psalm 63, one says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee, my soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now, <clears throat> Psalm 23, five says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Is your cup running over in righteousness tonight? Would you look into your life and say, my cup runneth over? So as you hunger and thirst for righteousness, is your cup running over with it? Do You see that cycle I'm talking about? Christ's righteousness, listen to this, Christ's righteousness is far greater than our unrighteousness. But Christ's righteousness is far greater than our our unrighteousness. The more we strive for that, the more satisfied we become. The more we see of Him in the hungering and thirsting, the more we want. And the more we we do that, the more we carry out the things that we read in the Sermon on the Mount. Being a peacemaker comes from. That's where showing people mercy. Being merciful comes from. It's being more and more like him. We can't do that on our own. We need him for it. Sin abounds in the world, and we must mourn over the fact. It's a sad sight. I'm telling you, take a drive through Rapid City someday in the afternoon. It's a sad sight. And it must break our hearts. And that broken heart's going to generate a hunger and a thirst for these people. We know what they need. They need the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we have it. We have the answer. We've got a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Out of that brokenness. And we lead them to the Savior. We can show them the way to live life because of our hunger and thirst after righteousness. And being filled, that's how we show people how to live their life for Jesus Christ. That's how we show them salvation. Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, these are some of the sweetest words. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Listen, we don't have to earn it. We need to do this. We need to invite them to come. And when you do that, when you invite a sinner to come to the Lord and they listen and come, tell me that you won't be hungry for more souls. When you go and you do that, tell me it doesn't generate more hunger for more people to come to the Savior. I don't know, when, on Sunday when, these, when this man gets baptized, I can't help but, but weep. Because the angels are rejoicing over that. Does that generate a hunger in you? Amen. When you're living in the will of God, the perfect will of God for your life, because you've hungered and thirsted after righteousness, and you've been filled... And you continually hunger and thirst, and you're living in the purpose and the will of God, and you're being obedient to His call in your life. Tell me that that doesn't generate more hunger in you. I challenge you to hunger and thirst to to reach the lost, and then I want that to be a challenge, not just for you but for me as well, and to see that see God work in that in that obedience. We have the victory in Christ, right? There is no victory found anywhere else. So to what are you striving for tonight? To whom are you striving for tonight? Now there's another satisfaction, finally, and that satisfaction is heaven, right? We have this life on earth to experience hunger and thirst. We have these bodies that are prone to sin. We're striving for righteousness. We're, we're standing in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and being filled in that, which is generating spiritual hunger in us to reach those around us. But the ultimate goal here is heaven. Amen. right? We just, we just uh, celebrated Pastor William's life. We know he's in heaven, amen? Yeah, amen. And that's where we're going. And if you're not on your way to heaven, tonight be the night that you get that straight with God. You call on the name of the Lord and this hunger and this this striving can generate in you and you can strive for heaven. There's a better place than here. And that's where we're headed, in Christ. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. That's our promise. Heaven. That's what we're striving toward. Where the perfectness of God dwells. Revelation 21, 4 through 7 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. The beginning and the end I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Listen to me. You must first hunger and thirst in order to be filled. And if you're hungering and thirsting after the wrong things, you're not going to be filled. We do not hunger and thirst after the things of this world, though they be enticing. They may look good, but they're not. They are going to leave you empty. I've experienced that a lot in my life before I was saved, a lot of emptiness, a whole lot of it. The only fulfillment I've been able to find in my life is Jesus Christ. And I want that for each and every one of you in here tonight. I want everyone in here to find their fulfillment in Christ. Not in their circumstance. Not in their relationships. Earthly relationships. You find it in your relationship with Christ. You find it in Him. He makes you full. Our cup runneth over. Psalm 107.9 says, For He satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So if we hunger and thirst now after the right things, we shall be filled. Amen. Amen. We shall be. It's a promise. We will. We are hungering and thirsting after the right things. It says right there in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're filled with the fullness of the righteousness of Christ. Now I want you, as we close tonight, to really look within yourself and see what it is that you're desiring. And that desire needs to be something of substance of righteousness and the righteousness of Christ. Let's pray.